It's the Brew Ha Ha Podcast. It's time for your drive brouhaha with Herlinda Hurrah and our guest today, Colin McDonald of Hen House Brewing and a key player in the Freshtival. <laughs> Herlinda. Colin's the, uh, one of the organizers of the Freshtival uh, that's happening at uh, Somo Village, Sonoma Mountain Village in Roanoke Park on ju- uh, June 25th. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Holy moly, that's... That's jamming up here, isn't it? I'm very excited. Yeah, well, I'm excited too. I can't wait. So, I um, so they're they're one of our sponsors also, which we are very excited about. Thank you as well, and very grateful for. But I wanted to like so there, I know there's people like in their cars, and at work, you know, hopefully glued to their radios uh, that may not know. You know, they're not the beer geeks like the guys who come in, you know, to like Juncture and places like that, or you know, to the brewery, and they might not like why. Why is there a festival? Why is that a big deal? What makes a beer fresh? Uh, everything from ingredients and the science and even just when you make the beer and how long it takes and, and versus and ale versus lager for the timing as well. So everybody intuitively understands uh, freshness, right? We all eat fruits and vegetables. You understand that if you leave it out warm out in the sun, uh, that it gets bad. Right, we all intuitively understand this. Uh, the science of it is, of course, more complicated, but the the basic principle is the same as uh, any of the produce you eat. Uh, Milk, when it goes bad. Exactly. Uh, Clover uh, is just an incredible inspiration to us in terms of how we do things and how we take uh, quality seriously. So the, the big actor is uh, oxygen. Uh, oxygen oxidizes things, most particularly in beer um, uh it oxidizes hop compounds. So all the hop compounds that uh, I've got our house IPA and then uh, some cans of uh, language creates reality, which was canned yesterday and will be released tomorrow in front of me. Um, you get these beautiful Nelson Sauvin hops in here. We got from New Zealand. They're amazing. They taste like Sauv Blanc. They're just great. Right. And as they start to oxidize, uh, you get a lot of like cardboard, wet paper, cooking sherry yeah. kind of flavors that are really just uh, unpleasant. Um, so what we're doing um, with uh, the entire process of like production is trying to minimize the amount of oxygen in the container so that it doesn't do that to the hot flavors and you get these beautiful flavors. So there's a lot that we can do in the brewery, but there's always some amount of oxygen in the beer and over time it will turn these beautiful hot flavors gross. Um, as we say on the team, oxidation is for busters. Um, <laughs> the things that accelerate that are um, uh, time and temperature, right? So, like I said, like there's some amount of oxygen. So, no matter what, like your IPA doesn't taste good at a year. I don't, I don't care what brewery it is, how good the hops are. At one year, your IPA is gross. Uh, but, you know, depending on what you can do in packaging, you can extend that it, time. Light when it comes to packaging. Light, light, light struck and things like that. This is a like big part of the reason we use cans instead mm-hmm. of glass is that um, uh, we're keeping light out of the beer. But with temperature, temperature is the other really, really big one because temperature is just an accelerant on uh, the amount of oxygen that's in there. So you could have a tiny amount of oxygen, but if you store it at 90 degrees you know, you just leave it outside warm, it's going to go bad really quickly. So for us, um, what we're trying to do with the festival is kind of give people this experience of like what 
totally pristine beer is like, such that they get kind of a sense of, uh, of which of the beers they're drinking out in the world have been handled with that level of care and diligence. And around here, we're really lucky to have a lot of breweries and a lot of bars and restaurants and grocery stores that put in the work to keep the beer that beautiful. Um, but giving people that ability to drink beer that's less than seven days old so you know it's in perfect condition uh, and really get a sense of what that super fresh beer tastes like mm-hmm. so you can take that with you out into the world for the rest of the year and kind of make decisions about what type of beer you want to drink. Right. And then the ingredients also. So I know when I judge in some countries, and I'm not going to say them because I love you all, but you can tell when they have old hops. You can tell, you know, we are so fortunate on the West Coast, you know, Yakima and California hops, et cetera, that you can, you know, that that maybe maybe the beer might be made, you know, within this time frame, the seven days old, but how old are the hops? Like, I want to talk about that, you know, and how that factors like i mean we are lucky here but like let's talk about how that how that affects things also too so one of the things that's really cool about brewing beer and we're really attuned to it because we're here in wine country right Mm. is that the the ingredients for beer are much more shelf stable than the beer itself is so some hops if they're well pelletized and well processed will stand up well for two years in a cooler right um we try and use stuff fresher than that but like two-year-old hops is not a huge problem but Absolutely. It goes longer than that. And again, if you store them warm, they go bad very quickly. So we're really lucky to have um, ingredients that are more stable because you think about the wine world and it's like when you pick those grapes – you know, you got days mm-hmm. to use them. You don't have months, let alone years. Not even days sometimes, right? Exactly. <laughs> the Drive Brouhaha is brought to you by the folks at the Russian River Brewing Company and the Freshtival. And speaking of the Freshtival, <laughs> we have Colin – and I've lost your last name, <laughs> McDonald. McDonald of Hen House Brewing and one of the key people behind the Freshtival joining us here in studio. Colin, tell us about the genesis of the Freshtival. How did this festival come about? Well, so I have to give um, credit to uh, Christy Hubacher, who is now uh, no longer with the company. She's the CEO of the Petaluma Fair or the uh, Sonoma Marin Fairgrounds in Petaluma. Oh. Um, uh, she's just powerhouse. She's awesome. Um, and she wanted uh, basically the day she started working for Hen House was like, I want to do a beer festival. And I had a bunch of reasons to say no. And uh, she just took all of them away from me. She was like, I've handled this. I've handled that. I've handled the other thing. And like, there was a certain point where I was like, well, I guess we're doing a beer festival then. And that's, uh, that's just all, uh, all credit to Christy. She's, she's great. We definitely miss her on the team. The conception of it was, um, fresh beer has always been our thing, right? Like we have the most aggressive, uh, freshness dates in the industry, right? We really, really focus on doing everything we can to, um, get beer to people as fast as we can after we package it, you know? Um, and we really, really feel that the beer tastes better, much, much fresher. And to prove that point, we, uh, put what, uh, what we say at hen house is, uh, the hen house way is why do something cool when you can do something bigger and more complicated. (laughs) Um, uh, and the festival is definitely that we just put a totally unrealistic standard on it. And, um, uh, we said, you know, no beers older than seven days, right? Like seven days in package, that's a maximum. And when we first went out with that in 2019, um, really thought that like people would be like, Hey dude, we can't do this. And, uh, as it turned out, breweries were really, really, really excited about it. Um, what about, what about draft too though? So, um, like 
like you're like you're saying with packaging, like yeah. you're counting like kegs in, in that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no more than seven days in a keg. Perfect. Um, so we did. Uh, you know, the first time we had a, um, uh, an aged beer forest, which was uh, no beers younger than one year old. So it was all like barley wines and sour beers and things that can lay down well. Uh, we felt like that was a little confusing, and so we kind of pulled that out for the the 2022 version. But it's all about beers less than seven days in package. So there's there's just so many beers we have 83 breweries signed up this year who are all bringing beers that taste exactly like they would if you just drank them right off the uh the packaging line at the brewery um and the brewers love this right like we we get so much support from from giant breweries from tiny breweries like people are super excited to work with us on this because the people who actually make the beer they want you to drink it in that fashion yeah and it's from all over so you've got like Paso Robles. It's not just Sonoma County. You're getting to try some. All, there's Almanac out of Alameda, and basically they have to be within seven days drive of the festival <laughs> to come to the festival. Or uh, fly. We did, we did, we did have a couple of people fly beers okay. out uh, in 2019. <laughs> I don't think we have anybody flying anything this year. But yeah, um, the um, you know like um, all uh, uh, all the breweries we're we're really really close with. All of our friends are of course coming. So you know like uh, uh, Cooper's is coming, Russian River is coming. Um, we've got uh, Temescal Almanac for point uh, you know like all the folks that we collab with on a somewhat regular basis drakes is coming of course um but then you know we've got uh people who are more far-flung and like um uh, we're really excited that moonraker is coming again Ooh, um yeah. uh, there's a brewery they're in of, the sierra nevada hills right yeah, up in yeah. auburn um yeah. they're they're awesome the other one from auburn is uh crooked lane which yeah. is a lager brewery that um uh folks have been making a lot of noise about uh i'm really excited because my team was like dude this is the best lager and i was like i haven't had it yet so I, that that's gonna be my first chance to drink some crooked lane beer um there does not exist uh which is exactly my favorite name for a brewery ever um uh, they're out of um san luis obispo they're coming up uh which is really really exciting we've got crowns and hops out of uh inglewood uh bringing a couple of beers um you know like we've, we've got folks from from all over the state and um I think Ruse is coming down from Portland. Um, nice. And you'll have food, too, and you'll have some bands. Yes. So Down Dirty Shakes playing, I saw. So, um, so the the bands, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, Anthony works at Seismic. Down so, Dirty Shake. So Down Dirty Shake is uh, is a little bit more prominent in my mind. But yeah. Um, uh, Artilia um, Green and the Bandanas, La Gente, Bad Thoughts, and Sarah Sarah Vinyl Collective. Sarah Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Collective. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Trixie Carr is going to be emceeing the whole thing. Who's a drag queen out of San Francisco? Sweet. Really, really excited about. Speaking uh, of fresh, uh, <laughs> indeed, we um, uh, uh, she was on the podcast, and um, we talked about how uh, drag queens and beer are very, very similar. Um, light and heat are their natural enemies. <laughs> so, um, beer and drag queens really just like on the same page. Awesome. All right, let's go back to beer. Let's go yeah. back to fresh beer, and let's go back to the beer we sampled at the top of the show. Yeah, you've got two different yeasts and a very unique yeast in the first beer that we had. Um, first, tell us what it's called. Yeah. So I've got two beers in front of us. Uh, the first is Language Creates Reality. That was packaged on Tuesday. Um, so... Uh, 
No, that was packaged yesterday. It was packaged yesterday. That was packaged yesterday. Uh, And it's released tomorrow. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking about stopping by uh, either of our tasting rooms, please do. And then come back tomorrow and get some Uh, luggage. There's one in Santa Rosa and there's the Palace of Barrels in Petaluma across from Lagunitas. And then there's our West County Pub in Fairfax. Um, That's right. So Language Creates Reality is a super cool beer. Uh, It's part of our In Theory series. The In Theory series is all about weird yeasts. Uh, They're not all genetically modified, but this happens to be a genetically modified yeast. Uh, we're working with uh, Berkeley Labs, which is a yeast lab uh, at UC Berkeley that's uh, editing uh, yeasts to create specific outcomes. Um, one of the really cool ones that they do is called Berry Jammer. Um, they've just edited in the gene from raspberries that creates raspberry flavor. So, like, if you if you brew something with Berry Jammer, it just tastes like eating a bowl of um, Oops All Crunch Berries, Captain <laughs> Crunch. Uh, it's wild. It's just a crazy tasting yeast. Uh, this is uh, brewed with a yeast called Tropics, which is uh, essentially Chico yeast with um, a gene in it that creates an enzyme that breaks down thiols. Thiols are a sulfur compound that have, like, these big tropical fruit flavors in it. So when we were drinking this beer, um, there's uh, some New Zealand hops in there. There's uh, Nelson Sauvin. Uh, there's some Rakao which have these tropical fruit flavors, but then they're really backed up with uh, all of these uh, free thiols that uh, just taste like passion fruit, taste like, like for me, it's like the juice out of a Dole pineapple can. Um, It's like really, really tropical juicy, but it's still very dry because you're getting that from um, the thiols. You're not getting it from sugar. Uh, So it's still a very approachable, very easy drinking beer, but you get these giant tropical fruit flavors, which is really exciting. That's like, I would say run, don't walk. Walk to go get that beer, but it's not available until tomorrow. Yeah. So run tomorrow, yeah. run tomorrow, or walk slowly tonight. <laughs> uh, whichever works better for you. So that, then I've got the house IPA in front of us. Right, uh, this is the IPA we've been making for the longest. Uh, we we say it's the uh, the center of our hoppy solar system, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, kind of it it defines how the rest of our hop program kind of works. Um, it's um, uh, Cascade in the boil, and then the uh, dry hop is uh, Mosaic Simcoe uh, Hollertau Blanc, which is a cool newer way of German hop, yeah. and um, uh, Belma, which is a really, really fun hop that we get from Crosby Hop Farms up in Oregon. Oh, okay. Um, what um, this beer is just made of Chico yeast, which is like the most traditional American brewing yeast. It's called Chico yeast because of brewery in Chico made it famous. Um, <laughs> It's a very, very clean yeast. So with the language creates reality, you're getting this giant uh, tropical fruit juice character, both from the hops and from the yeast. Whereas in the house IPA, you're just getting a very authentic uh, perception of what the hops are giving you uh, without the yeast adding to that right yeah. so you're just tasting what the hops taste like in this so it's very you know like that's kind of the traditional model of a west coast ipa right. um uh, for me uh, you know the the mosaic we have is is um cannabisy uh but it's definitely got a little bit of blueberry in there the belma brings like a big strawberry milkshake thing which is really really good and then the simcoe we have um uh shane my business partner would be mad at me if i did not say on the radio that the simcoe we have is just glorious and <laughs> Uh, he loves Simcoe. Uh, it's it's that really traditional, like, ripe orange, ripe grapefruit, and pine needles yeah, kind of is, flavor. this is fantastic. It's, yeah, and this is actually, this one's actually a clear IPA. What a novel <laughs> idea. With a really nice, bright head on it. A really and a nice amber nose. color. Yeah. Rich, deep amber color. 
yeah, it's um, it does it does have a touch of crystal malt in there, um, which is kind of that nod to that classic West Coast IPA, right? Like West Coast IPA, um, you know, if you ask me, is like you know, like big things, grapefruit and pine, right? Like those are the big two flavor things for West Coast IPA. You want you want some amount of bitterness, right? You definitely yeah. don't want it to be sweet. It doesn't need to be tongue scraping, but like mm-hmm. you don't want it to be sweet. Um, and uh, it's got to have a little bit of body to it, right? You can't have just like a totally bone dry West Coast IPA. It's got to have some gumph to it, which is where the crystal ball comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, language creates reality is definitely much more a new wave. Um, I try and eschew putting our beers into little boxes. I think our, our beer doesn't belong in a box. It belongs in your mouth. Um, which is why we're like, if we were in Germany in the Rheinheitsgebot, which is the German beer law. So, which means, which states that beer can only be hops, um, malt, barley malt. But of course now we know it can be other malted, uh, grains, uh, and water. At first that's what it was. And then later when they understood the science of yeast and they added the, the yeast in that, so they would be turning over the graves and they heard about like the GMO yeast. What do you think? I've, I mean, um, so the, the Rehinska boat Or gets, they would be ju- turning over their graves to grab some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so the Rehinska boat gets misinterpreted a lot of the time about um, – about what it is Mm -hmm. people think of it as this law and like you can only make these things and really what it was is it's one of the first historical examples of a consumer protection law Mm -hmm. right it was a law that was designed to be like if you're buying beer you know what's in it yeah and also for for taxes too the king wanted Uh, his taxes yeah Yeah. tax has a lot to do with brewing history but uh, but like you know on a, uh, a perspective that people like we like consumer protection laws. Like the Reinsga boat was about, like, hey, listen, if you're going to sell people beer, they need to know what's in it, right? And we th- we think about this what a, a lot. concept. <laughs> we think about this a lot, right? We think about uh, our role as a manufacturer, right? We're people making things. Our job is to advocate for the consumer, right? Um, our like we we can't just be like you know like. Who cares? They'll never know, right? That's that's deeply cynical. You're not and- the government. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not touching that one, um, but like we can't we can't uh, pretend like we don't care uh, if the consumer knows, right? Like we uh, um, we care really deeply about doing every single thing that we can to make sure that the product that we're putting in front of people and asking them to spend their hard earned money on, which is going you know less and less far uh, with all the inflation right now, like we feel a lot of pressure to be like, listen, if you're going to spend money with us, you know what you're drinking. And you know that it's awesome. You know, like uh, all of our cans say uh, every single one of our hoppy beers has the hops on it. Uh, pretty soon uh, we're moving towards every single one of our beers is going to have the yeast strain on the label, Whoa. right? Like we're really trying to get into a level of specificity because, you know, like um, our beers, uh, it's a luxury product. You know, like people don't people don't need to drink beer. I know there's there's some contention. About I might that. argue with you. <laughs> yeah, about I was one. at three Giants games this weekend and I'm like. And I was supposed to be trying to do keto and was like, how am I going to do a game without a beer? Baseball games without beer doesn't work for me. Um, But like, you know, like people, people don't need to buy our beer, right? It's a luxury product. And so like, if I'm going to ask people to spend their money with us, I want every single one of them to completely trust me that I'm doing every single thing that I can to make sure that when they drink that beer, it's awesome. So what about with like in like grocery stores, like in like in retail, when it's out of your hands and out of the brewery, how, how do you control that? So uh, um, we're uh, we're really lucky that um, the the retailers around here, uh, you know, by ABC yeah, Law, I'm not uh, able to uh, call out any of them specifically. But the folks listening, I appreciate you. Um, 
they want to work with us, right? They care about that too. You know, we have a lot of uh, local um, grocery uh, chains. Uh, we have a lot of like kind of like bigger chains that really want to be the people who are bringing good products to people. And when you tell people something, they believe it. So when I go to those retailers and I'm like, hey, the best way to treat this beer is keep it cold at all times. I've never had anybody be like, no, we won't do it. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, cool. Well, we want to have. Well, you Bottle know, Barn the best is one beer. of our sponsors, so we are allowed to say that Bottle Barn you can find Hen House at. <laughs> you can also find it at one of your three locations. Now, of course, you're here in Santa Rosa. You're down in Petaluma. And how's the Fairfax venture going? It's going really awesome. We just started brewing there last week, which is super, super exciting. Um, is the food program going yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's food down there. Uh, the burger is a dry-aged steak burger. Um, it, it, it's funny because I've, uh, I've heard some folks say that it's a, it's a fancy menu. And I was like, it's a, it's a good menu. Um, but uh, we're really, really excited about how it's going. The people in Fairfax are just so cool and so supportive. And it's a really, like, it's a fun town because it's kind of the access to West Marin. It's the access to Tam. It's the access to the coast. So you get a lot of people who come through for cycling, for going to the coast, for going out to Samuel P. Taylor. And it's, uh, uh, the folks have just been so supportive. And that's really, really been and Lots awesome. of music down in that area. Are you guys doing music, too? Uh, we're we're trying to get back to music. Iron Springs, uh, which we took over the location for, um, they were just such an awesome supporter of the music scene, and so we're we're trying to kind of get our bearings on the the brewery, uh, and then as soon as we get the bearings on the brewery, uh, music is definitely something we want to be. doing. All right, we've been talking to Colin McDonald of Henhouse Brewing and the Freshtable. Again, the Freshtable is a beer festival being held June twenty fifth. Uh, at the Somo Arts Village in Rohnert Park. It's being brought to you by Henhouse Brewing, the Bay Area Brewers Guild, and Fat Dog Productions. If you're looking for information about the Freshtival, you can check out Henhouse Brewing's website, henhousebrewing.com, or you can go to Eventbrite to get your tickets. And how's it looking sales-wise so far? Uh, we're definitely on the way to selling out. Um, there, there are still a couple of hundred tickets left. So um, you do have time, but you don't have that much time. Uh, <laughs> don't buy your tickets next Friday. You'll yeah. be bummed out. Book your Uber. Book your driver. Book you know, all those things as well. Be responsible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, stay safe. Uh, of course. Every, uh, everybody come uh, drink fresh beer responsibly. <laughs> Sounds like a good way to close the brouhaha here on The Drive. And again, the brouhaha was brought to you by Russian River Brewing and the Freshtable, Colin McDonald of Henhouse Brewing. Thank you so much for joining us on the Brewhaha. Thanks for having me.